Okay, it's our latest Match Chats on Leadership, and we're uh, really pleased to have Chris Daniels, the President and CEO of Watch Communications, joining us at this very table. Chris, good morning. Great to have you with us. Thanks, man. I appreciate the opportunity. Indeed. Uh, all right, so um, how would you describe your early years uh, as you were growing up? As I was growing up? That, yeah. that early? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I grew up in Kentucky um, in a... Uh, my, my dad was a teacher, music teacher, actually. My mom worked uh, kind of as an administrative assistant kind of thing. Um, and, uh, you know, very rural community. So it was, uh, uh, you know, um, goodness. Uh, you know, I just uh, <laughs> think, you know, how, how did he even describe this? I mean, I mean, it's probably like a lot of people in Lima. You know, mm. this very rural kind of yeah. kind of environment. You know, I had my neighbors were, you know, a quarter mile from me and, you know, and so forth. So... You know, I went to a small school uh, that was uh, next to our high school, actually, where my dad taught. Mm. Um, and uh, so I spent a lot of time uh, after school hanging out with, with my dad, with, with his marching band when they would practice. And because of that, I actually got very active in music. You know, I played guitar and trumpet and drums and Great. learned that as, at an early age because of that. And, uh, <clears throat> and that was actually a big part of my, of my early life, yeah. actually, was playing music and so forth. So. What would you say those uh, parents, I always ask this, what were those... Uh, leadership and le- and other lessons that you learned from your parents. <laughs> yeah, you know, great question. Um, you know, I, I think uh, probably mostly from from my dad. I would say uh, I learned how important it is to be diligent about practice uh, and uh, and really honing your skills at, at things that you want to be good at. Right. So. Mm. You know, specifically, you know, I, I was all state trumpet player in, in, in high school, and you don't, you, you can't do that if you don't work hard at it, right? Yeah, for sure. And, and that's something that applies not only in music, but it applies in business. It applies really in, in all parts of life. So yeah. I would say that's probably the primary lesson. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, what was your educational path? Yeah. So look, I uh, I, I uh, went to high school in uh, in Kenton County, a, a high school called Simon Kenton. I, after that, I went to Purdue University. Mm-hmm. Uh, studying computer science, uh, I also pursued a, a business uh, business degree with Liberty University. So I've actually got a little bit, you know, computer science and, and business as well. Yeah, uh, and I've leveraged the the computer science and, and the business really, really combined. You know, in, in this industry, I mean, we're in a very technical industry here at Watch. Yeah, uh, in previous roles in other companies, I've been very in either managing sales teams or you know R and D teams and so forth. So I've really you know, it's been a good blend for me, right? Right, uh, and, and so forth. So, uh, but yeah, so so basically, computer science, technical background, and then uh, business. Yeah, uh, Purdue, great school, uh, and then Liberty is that the Virginia Liberty? Yeah, that's right. yeah. and that yeah. was all online, you know, classes. Yeah, we had uh, one of our uh, famous uh, football coaches uh, from the Browns was the head football coach at Liberty at oh, one yeah, point, okay. Sam Ritigliano. This okay. that was kind of his as he faded into the sunset. He uh, he worked at Liberty, so. <laughs> Uh, did you happen to know you, your path uh, educationally? Did you happen to know what you wanted to do professionally as you were going through those steps? You know, it's funny. When I was at Purdue, I, I went to Purdue for a couple of reasons. It was uh, it was far enough away that my parents couldn't come and get me. It was <laughs> it was close enough that I could go home if I needed to. Right? Yeah. But uh, they also had a biomedical engineering program. I wanted to go into biomed mm. uh, or some technology related industry with the medical field. Uh, after being there for four years, I decided that was enough. So, yeah. so I, uh, so I did. So originally, you know, I mean, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a surgeon. 
Uh, I wanted to you know, go into medical fields. I decided to make that more of a technical focused medical uh, you know, uh, uh, play and so forth. But then, you know, fun, crazy enough, as I got into computer science, I enjoyed it so much. I, I really wanted to just focus there and, and, uh, and so forth. So. Yeah. Okay, so let's fast forward to your professional world. Um, could you share your experiences early on in your early days of uh, the business world? Yeah, of course. So, you know, I, uh, in 93, uh, after I was out of Purdue, I started with a mom and pop internet or a company in, in uh, the east side of Cincinnati, actually. Mm. And this company had about five people at the time. We built servers for, they were based on Unix, which a lot of people have never even heard of. It's an operating system, right? And, you know, if you go into, if you went into like an auto parts store or into, uh, I don't know, a car dealership, you know, 15 years ago, people had these little terminals on their desks that yeah. just had like amber screens or green screens and a keyboard and stuff. Yeah. Not, not a PC, right? Right. And these terminals would connect back to these servers and they did this work. So it wasn't a, you know, PC environment. It was this client server kind of thing. And we built these systems for law firms and, uh, you know, manufacturing companies and so forth. Uh, I, I was doing technical sales and consulting for this kind of again combining that technology with some sales experience um, and uh, that that was really my foray into into the technology as in you know as an employee um, you know managed a few people back at that mm -hmm. time um, but then from there I, I went into telecommunications I uh, went to work for a company called ascend communications uh, as a systems engineer and then later I very shortly after I joined I, I managed a team of systems engineers that we're really that customer-facing technology side of the business, uh, but working on a sales team. Um, and we got bought by Lucent, and that kind of got me into the whole telecom, big telecom space, right? Yeah, um, yeah. What years were the original that you were talking about uh, when you first uh, came out of college? Uh, that was in 93, Okay, actually. So, so fairly early in terms of the digital revolution. That's right. As a matter yeah. of fact, that company, I forgot to mention, we, we were one of the first two internet services companies in Cincinnati. Uh, we were providing internet service to companies in like 94, 95 timeframe, right when the internet was becoming a thing, right? Yeah. Uh, we, were, we were connecting businesses, not residential, but business exactly. via ISDN. Yeah. We were doing things like offsite backups and things that we do now today just you know easily. Right. But back then, nobody was doing it. So we were doing some pretty revolutionary things. Uh, we couldn't really get the, the main owners of the company to see the vision of growing this thing. So they kind of stagnated and a lot of us left. But, you know, again, we, we were really pioneers in, you know, in internet services in Cincinnati back in 94, 95. Yeah, that, so. that's a very, uh, that's very interesting because, you know, we all think now today that, you know, oh, you just, you know, pot up your uh, PC or your tablet and off you go. And then back then it, it wasn't uh, as, uh, that, that was revolutionary. That's right. Um, Okay, so then when you moved forward, um, what did you look for when you would hire folks to be part of your teams? Yeah, you know, I, uh, I've always looked for different things based on um, some, some of the similar, some similar attributes, but also some different characteristics based on the type of role that I would hire, right? You know, if uh, some of the common threads that, that I would look for, some of the common traits would be, you know, enthusiasm uh, of, of the person, you know, their motivation really in why they're looking for a position, you know, is it somebody that's looking for a career stop, you know, pit stop, or yeah. are they really interested in what we're doing? Do, mm -hmm. they, do they like the industry we're in and the role that they would play? Um, you know, really the attitude that they bring to the table and so forth. 
and, and that really ties into the person job fit and the, the, the person company fit, right? The cultural fit. Mm-hmm. You know, here at Watch Communications, you know, we have a specific culture in this company. And it would be very damaging if I were to bring somebody in that disrupted that culture to a point that people were, you know, dissatisfied and leaving and so forth, right? Yeah. So, so that fit is very important. So there's a lot of personality that goes into the decision. Um, and obviously it needs to be qualified people. So we look obviously at the qualifications. But, uh, you know, I, I, if, if I meet the most qualified, smartest person ever, uh, if I'm unable to, if they don't fit the organization, they're not going to fit, you know, they're yeah. not going to be hired. So. Yeah, yeah, very good. Um, what are the most important aspects of successful organizations that you've seen along your path? You know, I think uh, the, the companies that I've been part of that have been the most successful have been companies that, that, uh, that have leaders that really are visionary and are able to communicate that vision and then motivate people to execute on that vision, right? And I think this really ties into the topic of your, of your column. Um, you know, I, I've been with some companies where, you know, people really take a top-down management focus, and it's really uh, kind of task-oriented, you know, goal-oriented only. Yeah. But there's really no motivation. There's no vision. There's no, you know, uh, and I don't just mean at the top level. I mean throughout the organization, sure. right? Um, you know, it's important uh, in, in building a successful company that people believe in what they're doing. Otherwise, it's just a job. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's one of the most critical factors. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, what, what was your passion? You had, you know, a couple of segues there where you were in the computer science and you had uh, some business uh, sides of things. But it always comes back to what is now today 21st century technology. What would you say your passion is in the business world? Today? Um, you know, I, I would say, well, first of all, I love technology. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a technology geek. I, uh, as a matter of fact, my, my 21-year-old son, who's finishing a degree at Thomas More in uh, Kentucky in uh, computer information systems, uh, he, he and I both, he, he's, he's like a little, he does basically now what I did back cool. when I was a kid with computers. Just Now it's way more advanced, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I love the technology. I love all things associated with technology and so forth. Um, but, you know, I, I think right now what my passion is, is, is in uh, really delivering what we do here at Watch. I mean, you know, delivering broadband, enabling people throughout rural America to use technology in a way that it's possible for us living in an area like Cincinnati or Cleveland or Columbus or something, but out in the rural parts of America. Because there's still, believe it or not, there's still a lot of folks who don't have that capability. Right. So it's, it is it is something I'm very passionate about doing, and, and that's why we're, you know, that's why we're making the acquisitions we're making and growing in the years we're growing, mm. because we, we feel like we're really enabling people to you know access the tools and, and yeah. capabilities to participate in you know in the economy and so forth. So. Sh- share with our audience who may not know what the federal government is doing to uh, be a partner uh, and maybe incentivize companies like Watch Communications uh, to do the things that they're doing. Sure. So, you know, there's a big uh, emphasis right now within the federal government, within the FCC, and also other uh, departments like the Rural, uh, Rural Utilities Com- uh, uh, Services, RUS, that's part of the USDA, Department mm-hmm. of Agriculture, um, where they're putting funding programs together to uh, basically to, uh, uh, to motivate the deployment of broadband in these rural areas. And they're doing this uh, only in areas where people don't have access to broadband that is 
greater than 25 meg down. Mm. Now, it's, it's funny, you know, a lot of us that live in, like, you know, I live in, uh, down in northern Kentucky, you know, I have fiber in my house, right? So I can get up to a gigabit speed of service. I don't need it, but I can get it. Yeah. Um, people, you know, in that area probably wouldn't choose a 25 meg service, but out in rural America, some folks don't have, you know, anything more than a meg. Yeah. And that's not even maybe, you know, consistent, you know, as well, or some people don't have anything. So, you know, this 25 meg and up kind of, t- you know, uh, focus is, is what the, how the government's focused today. Uh, that's creeping up more to 100. But what they're doing is they're providing funds based on what a company will commit to building. Mm. So if you're going to commit to building 25.3, maybe you'll qualify for a certain amount. But if you're going to qualify, do 100 by maybe 20 meg, you'll qualify for a little greater amount. And they've, uh, the FCC, for example, has allocated $16 billion dollars that they're going to um, give basically award to companies like Watch uh, in a reverse auction process that's going to take place later this year in the October time frame. Uh, you know, we just participated in one in eighteen where we were awarded fifty-three million dollars over ten years. Yeah. So we're you know this hopefully we'll get additional funding and so forth to keep growing. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a major focus of the government today. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Um, when you think about uh, your pathway and you had some international work that you were doing in okay. your last chapter, um, uh, if you speak to that a, a little bit and then, and then why watch uh, communications uh, here in uh, Northwest Ohio? Sure. So in 2009, I joined an Israeli telecommunications company uh, that built equipment, WiMAX equipment, which was an older, everybody's heard of LTE today. We all have it on our phones. Yeah. But Prior to LTE was this technology called WiMAX, and this company was one of the leaders in that technology. Mm. Um, I worked for that company in a U.S.-focused role, in the North America-focused role, uh, for from 2009 until about 2012, uh, when I was VP of Sales of North America and also Latin America. Um, and then uh, in 13, 14 time frame, I started doing more work actually internationally with uh, with this company as well. Uh, in, in 17, I was promoted to president of the company. So at that point, yeah. I managed everything from R&D to the sales teams and marketing, but this was on a global basis. So yeah. we were you know, doing business in Africa and parts of Europe and Asia and the U.S. as well, of course, um, which was, it was a lot of fun. It was a yeah. lot of travel, right? Very intriguing. Um, but, you know, you ask why watch. And, you know, uh, that that role for me was was great from a, a you know a career perspective. It was very interesting. It got, I was able to leverage the technical side of my background along with some of the business yeah. uh, experience and so forth. But I really wasn't able to impact uh, anything in my local community, right? And the one thing I love about Watch is it gives me the ability to impact. I say our local community. I mean, for us, it's a four-state community. Sure. Right. Yeah. But you know, so so folks in the Lima area. You know, people around, you know, in Indiana and Illinois and Kentucky now where we have these networks. But, you know, we can get involved at the local grassroots level and and help people in rural America, you know, with access to broadband. And I was doing that a little bit in my past role, you know, in other countries as well. But it's a little more personal now. Yeah. Right. With watch. Yeah. No, that that's uh, that's really good. Um, What along the way of that last chapter and then this new chapter, what are some recent leadership lessons? You know, that's a great question. You know, I, there's, there's been, I'm sure there's been many that I, I probably can't articulate well. Um, I, can, I can tell you, you know, uh, one of the things that, that I learned very early on is that, 
it's very easy as a person in a management role or a leadership role. Management and leadership, by the way, obviously are two different things. And that's one of the first lessons I learned, right? Mm. You know, it's different to manage an organization than it is to lead an organization. You know, you can manage tasks and set goals and milestones and make sure people hit those, but that's not leading, right? You know, leading is casting a vision, motivating people to, to really uh, affect that vision and so forth. And that's not management, that's leadership. Yeah. Uh, but one of the first things I learned is that, you know, you don't have to be the CEO of a company. You don't have to be a line manager or an executive to be a leader in your company. Mm. You know, even as an employee at the, I don't want to say the bottom level of the, of the pyramid, you know, at the execution level, let's call it, right? At the customer facing level even. You know, at that level where you're, you're doing a job and you have no direct reports, you're still, you still can be a leader within your team. I agree. And that's something that people don't always understand. Right? Yeah. Your attitude and your, the, you know, the, the, the dedication and motivation you have in, in doing a good job and motivating others around you to do the same, that's leadership, mm. right? And I think at that level, that's very important. Now, to do that, to have that, that attitude, you really need supervisors and line managers that have the same attitude, yeah. that are very motivated, that have a great attitude, that understand the vision of the company that has to be set by the executive leadership, and they set their own vision within their team that rolls up to the bigger vision of the company. Yeah. It's a it's a multi-tier thing, and I, I think that's you know, those are some of the, the key lessons that I've learned is that, you know, you really have to, you have to enable, empower people at each layer of the business to lead their teams and to affect the, the work that they're responsible for delivering. Mm, right? Yeah, well said, well said. Okay, two more. Um, what's the future of this technology that Watch is so heavily involved with, uh, both on the, uh, uh, the urban side and then on the, on the rural side? Sure. So, you know, we, uh, we're a broadband service provider, right? And we deliver broadband to folks using fiber optic technology and also wireless technology. Mm, yeah. And, you know, some of the, the, the most advanced, uh, let's say, uh, innovations are happening today in the wireless space. And everybody, here's the hype around 5G, sure. 5G technology. And it's funny, if you go to a trade show, you know, you'll see everything from robots to, you know, autonomous drones and things that are all, you know, enabled by 5G, which is kind of crazy because, you know, it has maybe nothing to do with 5G, but it's, it's all marketing hype. Right. But I will say that the, the technology in wireless has changed over the last decade from technologies that, that will have the ability to supply a, maybe a few megabits of, of capacity to today we can deliver gigabit services using wireless technology, hmm. even whether it's fixed or mobile. These technologies exist today. So, you know, as we, as we progress, what I'm seeing is that wireless technology is actually ca has caught up to fiber in the speeds that it's able to deploy. Now, it's, there's still some limitations in distance and things that it's able to, the wireless technologies can deliver these speeds. But as we, as we continue, as we progress, that's going to continue to improve and improve to the point where we may not have to spend $100,000 to run fiber through a, a rural area of America that doesn't make business sense, we might be able to do the same thing wirelessly and provide you know, farms and other folks that are out, out in these rural areas with services that really used to require fiber, but today we can do very economically with wireless. Yeah. And, and that's, that's really what we're mostly focused on from an innovation perspective, yeah. this wireless innovation. If a business or a uh, residential consumer would like to um, 
uh, use watches services, what, uh, what, what would you say to them in terms of recommendation and their steps to uh, be able to come, become a part of watch and become a consumer of watch? Yeah, so you know, as a as a broadband service provider, we have specific areas that we serve. Obviously, we, we don't just like any service provider, we don't cover every every area of, of these four states that we do serve. Uh, I would what I would recommend is is you know going to our website, you know, yeah. finding out if you know if, if you live in an area or if you work in an area that Watch does provide service. If so, we actually we have contact forms on those on that site yeah. that you can fill out, and w one of our people will actually contact you very quickly. Yeah, so. very good. All right, last one: uh, career advice for new professionals coming into the workplace. Yeah, I, I would say you know uh, again going back to what we even look for in hiring. You know, uh, new new professionals coming in. I, I would I would recommend that they they pursue something they're passionate about, mm. right? Yeah. You know, if you do something you like, then it's not as much of a job as it is a career and right. something, you know, like a, I don't want to say a lifestyle choice, but but it's something, you know, if you enjoy doing it, you're going to be better at it. Yes. Um, I would say do something you enjoy. Get involved in industries that, you, that you're passionate about. Uh, or maybe maybe not. Maybe you go into some kind of social program where you're helping people if that's mm. what you're passionate about as well or ministries and so forth. Um, you know, also... Uh, you know, bring a good attitude to the to the workplace, right? Yeah. Show up with with the idea that you're going to come in and be a leader, whether you're in a management position or in you know that that in position where you have no subordinates even, yeah. right? And take ownership of that. You know, be self motivated. And I, I think if people who do that, yeah, whether or not they have exact experience that a company is looking for or not, if they're malleable, if they're uh, adaptable, and yeah. they have a good attitude you're going to find that you're going to get hired in a lot of places. That's well said. I was uh, interviewing the CEO of Lima Memorial Health Systems, and he leans on, we want owners versus renters. There you go. And uh, that's exactly what you just said. So, right. all right, that's our latest Match Chats on Leadership. I'm Matt Childers, Director of Allen Lima Leadership, visiting with Chris Daniels, the President and CEO of Watch Communications. Chris, thanks so much. Best of luck to you and watch, and I uh, really appreciate you sitting down with us. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks.